0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Welcome to Mark and Michael's Musings, a matchsticks and gasoline podcast under the podcast nation or podcast umbrella of SB Nation. Mark and Michael here today. I screwed up the intro. I usually mess up the outro. I butchered the intro today. Michael, how you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. My favorite thing to do lately is wake up at like 1130 in the afternoon because I work nights, open up Twitter and see which Flames have entered COVID protocol for the day. And uh, today, Calgary added two more players and a staff member to their list. That now brings it up to 30 people from the organization in COVID protocol. Today was Dylan Dubé and Oliver Shillington. Um, Apparently, the new variant has made its way into the Flames locker room and organization, but according to Brad for living, everybody apparently feels good, feels fine, uh, asymptomatic, or just had mild symptoms. Um, Flames active roster, all they got left is Michael Backlund, Matthew Kachuk, Michael Stone, Brett Ritchie, who's on IR, Dan Vladar, and Blake Coleman. That, folks, is what's left of your Calgary Flames. I kind of saw it sort of saw it going this way when there was a huge batch of players in the first announcement then it went to three and i was like
0: okay but then the 17 the other day i mean this is
1: bananas what's going on with the flames
0: yeah it really is and i think it's interesting that they came out today and finally confirmed it's the uh the new variant which really hasn't taken hold at all yet in alberta they're still in the mid double digits on cases but obviously that's going to go up as they kind of keep working through them but um yeah, to hear that that's like, I think last I saw there's only 60 or 70 of those cases in Alberta. And now, if I'm assuming eventually all 30 of the Flames connected cases will be that, um, I just think it really raises an interesting question for um, not just the Flames, but for the NHL and all really sports leagues still going right now. Is this looks like a variant that if one guy gets it on the team, it's not just a few other guys that are going to get it, but like the entire team might get it. So. It's certainly going to raise some questions for some of these guys who might have been unsure about COVID before. That's something like, okay, it's not even just like being smart in the dressing room before. It's like, if it gets in, it looks like it's going to get all of us. Because I know we've seen other outbreaks this year, but we haven't seen something quite like this where it's like, no, literally everybody has except for three guys right now. And that could just be a matter of time, honestly, at this point.
1: Yeah, because you look at what the Islanders went through with it. You look at what the Sharks went through with it. The Senators went through with it. um, They had like seven or eight players or a coach or a trainer out at a time. And it didn't go anywhere beyond that. Every day, the flames test somebody now. And I'm with you. I would expect by tomorrow, Kachuk, Coleman, Vladar, unless they've completely isolated themselves from the team, all those guys are going to have it. Nashville seems like they're having a nasty outbreak. The Bruins, you know, it seems like every day there's another player or two. Um, Yeah. It's like the flames are almost like carrying the torch for this new variant here, where it's just, every day it's somebody else and you know i would you expect tomorrow to you know open up and find out that everybody now on the in at the nhl level with the flames has it
0: i mean it wouldn't be shocking um i don't know in, in one sense maybe they just get it all out of the way at once if you believe in the whole like once you've had it you're kind of immune to it for a certain amount of time but we don't even really know how far that goes with this variant um i think the other thing the nhl has to be watching right now is that suddenly after the team like these teams that played the flames like the bruins and hurricanes they've started to see cases and then also the teams that played those teams after like the canucks and oilers in short order they've also seen cases now so i wonder if we haven't seen a ton of this like easily traceable team to team transmission obviously that's still not fully confirmed yet because it's so hard to confirm those kinds of things but to see these teams that all kind of played each other in almost like a round robin sort of scenario over the last week, all coming positive lately with uh new cases. I think that's something the NHL and NBA NFL are also have to watch is um, if these guys are transmitting it to their opponents as they play a game, like at what point can they just not play games anymore until they figure out what to do about this? Because I'm against shutting the league down, but like they're having to look at it from like all like the legal angles and stuff too. And if you can't even play a game without it going to other teams, like they they're definitely going to have to reconsider all their plans going forward.
1: Exactly. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I don't work in the medical field. I'm barely even a podcaster, but like, it just seems like this is extremely contagious. Like it's one person, it's down the line, down the line, down the line. I mean, like we said, okay, six people from the organization had it or seven, then it was three. And it was like, all right, well three, that's a slowdown. And then the next day you wake up and it's 17. You're like, Oh my God, just shut the flames down at this point. Um, the NHL set up their return to play date as possibly uh, this weekend on the 18th. That's not going to happen, obviously. Um, you got to think they're looking at the schedule, looking at other teams, things. Um, should they just shut the flames down through, say, maybe New Year's, bring them back after the new year, give everybody a couple weeks to get healthy? And is that something maybe the league should even look at?
0: Well, for the flames, for sure. It sounds like they so they definitely postpone Saturday. Um I still don't see how you come back on the 23rd because based on the even like the minimum 10-day protocol right now, you'd still be very short guys by the 23rd game, which would be unfortunately Geo's return, which I was getting very excited to go to and I'm kind of sad about. But um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just scrap everything to New Year's or something and start kind of fresh with the team because it just seems like even if you get these guys all back healthy, you kind of get into that Christmas break and then we kind of just aren't they're still gonna be figuring things out getting back up to games because it's again it's one thing if seven or eight guys take some time off if the whole team has to take a week and a half plus off um they're gonna have to kind of work to get back into shape a bit let alone if any of these guys get symptoms and have to be at longer term than that um i don't know i feel like the league will explore every opportunity or uh, avenue besides shutting things down just because the logistical nightmares but like we're already seeing the Leafs came out yesterday and said they're knocking back their capacity to 50%. Um, I don't see the leagues shutting down fully unless we see, like, I would probably have to take three or four teams hit a wall like the Flames have where like they're, the whole team is shut down. Um, but, you know, it, we, we could very much get there. I think um, we we're probably going to talk about this, but the uh, the Olympics is probably the next big question. It just feels like that's not going to happen at this point
1: yeah we can jump right into that in one second i think also too i think what's helping the league and not to get all you know political about things or whatever but i think because players are vaccinated now the yes you still have to quarantine you still have it but you're not you're not as sick as you would have been two years ago if you would come down with covid where you could have been hospitalized in the icu taking up a bed in a medical center now you're just testing positive you're either asymptomatic or you have a mild headache for a day or two and then it's gone so i think you know, the fact that all of the Flames were vaccinated is a huge help Um in I mean, it's still spreading, but symptom wise, it's not like players aren't going to be out for longer stretches of time than they would have been if they weren't vaccinated.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing I kind of got into on Twitter. I try not to be like, because it's it, first of all, it is kind of ridiculous that a vaccine is a political issue now and like right. this whole thing is a political issue, but there's a lot of people saying, oh, this is evidence like your vaccines don't work and stuff. I'm like, actually, that's kind of the exact opposite right now. Like we're seeing all these guys that are vaccinated, like the whole reason they're testing positive is because they've had to test, not because they needed to test is how I'm trying to explain it to people. And bingo, because these guys cross the border pretty much weekly or multiple times a week, they have to test to do that. And they're not doing it because they feel sick. So I think the whole question about all of this is that or what we're trying to work towards is a because at this point, COVID's going to be around for years, decades, the whole point of this is trying to get to a point where it becomes something where you get it like a cold, but you're vaccinated. You can live your life normally and just kind of peters out that way. So they don't have to test anymore. And that's when it's almost like a back to normal thing. But um, it's just so hard to see these people that are trying to fight against it right now. And I don't have time for it. So I don't, I'm glad they're vaccinated. Like we said, they probably wouldn't. That's why I say if like, if they didn't have to get tested they would have been playing in chicago and nashville earlier this week like they wouldn't have known they were sick so it, it's one of those like kind of tough things for people who want to see that the world's getting back to normal at the same time like we're not there yet either
1: no i agree and i think it's def- it's the whole testing thing too say the flames were playing in that all canadian division i don't know if you guys test if you have to go from province to province, uh, province to province but um like if If you're not testing players none of these guys would know that they even had anything you know so Mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of a weird scenario and it's it's the same thing with the flu vaccine right you get the flu vaccine but you can still get the flu it's just not as bad if someone on twitter had a great thing it was like yes the vaccine is not 100 it doesn't keep you from getting covid however there are a bunch of other things in the world that aren't 100 like birth control colombian coffee you know <laughs> there's a list of things that aren't completely 100 percent, but you still use them you know so it is what it is and, not too... and
0: yeah Go i was ahead. just gonna say the other thing is that um it's not even as much for the players i think you could argue that there's all the testing it's they're like they have family they have kids it's exactly. it's almost as much yeah. protecting them it's like because these guys are all 20s 30s prime of their life probably in the top three percent of healthy people in the world like they'll probably be fine if they get it. it's more so even just protecting their family a lot of them have young kids and stuff maybe they live near or see their family fairly frequently have older grandparents parents etc like it's not as much testing for them as it is giving them a peace of mind with their family and that's why i was also gonna say i think we could see if we see some of these guys like um who have had concerns in the past about like, if they don't want to bring it home to their family, if we see this variant coming around, I wonder if we see any other guys maybe step away for a while too.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I wonder how that would work. Cause you remember like, um, you know, the Bruins had that with Tuka Rask where he was kind of like, hemming and hawing a lot of guys, uh, Travis Hamanick. Was mm-hmm. the same way, um, so yeah. And honestly, uh, someone actually on Twitter when I was scrolling through, um, I hate the fact also that like Twitter is my like ultimate news source at this point in my life, <laughs> <laughs> which I love and hate all at the same time. Um, somebody actually tweeted out to uh, Kelsey Snow, uh, Chris Snow's wife, and was like, "Hey, how are you guys doing? What are you guys doing with this?" And because Chris has ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease. He's actually hasn't even been at the building. He's been working remote. So he's like completely isolated, which is great news because that's the last thing that that family (laughs) needs is, you know, one more thing piled on top of it. So good on Flames fans for reaching out actually to the Snow family and checking in on Chris. So good on them. He's safe. He's good. He's at home. No COVID issues for him. Um, Moving on to the Olympics. uh, Just burn it down. Be done. Like the the NHL at least. Keep everybody And honestly, if I'm a junior player, I don't want to go either. Do you want to be stuck over there? You know what I mean? Like there's going to be is who is I I was listening to um, it was Linda Cohn on the, the Merrick show the other day saying we like it's not like when the teams leave China that there's going to be a trainer and a nutritionist and a fitness person like you're going to be stuck in a hotel room with maybe a treadmill in the fitness room, like you're going to be there with nobody. Like, does anybody want to be stuck there? I think the NHL should pull the plug immediately and just like, like, you know, states could be like, and I get it. Some, some of these kids, you know, it might be their one shot at getting to the Olympics, but is it, is it really worth it at this point?
0: Yeah, it's, um, I think the biggest thing the NHL is waiting for right now is because it was their whole CBA thing with the players was that, we're going to let you go to the Olympics in a year or two from now and it'll be great and because that's what the players have kind of been fighting for um I think what they're waiting for is for the players to come up and be like yeah we don't want to go anymore either based on everything yeah. the way it is um I guess the alternatives people are talking about are if they want to try and keep it in like the hockey players in North America if they want to call it like the actual Olympics like ship the yeah. medals over have it like I think I saw it, they were saying like Seattle, for example, they only have their building booked one night in those three weeks off. Like I know the yeah. album I think has four events over those three weeks. Like yeah, you could do, even if it's a bubble style or a traditional tournament with fans, like you could probably pull it off North America if China didn't want to do it or the Olympics didn't want to do it. The NHL could just do like a, a world cup of hockey or something. Yeah. Um, that's how I would probably look at it. And but the other side, it's like if the Olympics in China are like, no, you guys have to send like hockey teams. I'm sure eventually you get far enough down the list of yeah. non-NHL players that you could probably come up with. Like a Team Canada, Team USA with non-premier guys yeah. that go over there and still play for a medal like they did in South Korea. But um, no, I'm all for if they can find a tournament here, whether it's an official Olympic tournament or like a World Cup. Um, I, I, It just... There's there's no reasonable sense for any NHL players to go to China anymore. Unfortunately, at least not this year. Maybe we see a delay like we saw with Tokyo, for this for a year. Like maybe we see that, but I just don't see how any like there's any logical argument besides it's the Olympics to go.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially with the whole quarantine situation and NHL players. I think we talked about it last time we were on. Uh, it sounds like they're not if they get stuck over there for a month two months quarantining they don't get paid like they're yeah. out they're out their salary and you know like if guys like you know if mcdavid or gaudreau or somebody ended up over there them being out of salary fine if you're a you're the 13th forward 14th forward on a team and you're over there you're not making that kind of money like you can't risk health and your financial stability by going over there and not getting paid right
0: well i'm just saying like um for example like Adam Ruzicka, who's probably going to play for Slovakia if he goes like that's exactly what you're saying like someone who makes 800 grand a year in the NHL like 70 grand a year if you're in the AHL kind of deal like that's a lot of expenses if you get stuck in China for a while and it it just doesn't make sense i think that's kind of the point everyone's reached we just kind of hope the the players agree with that and we find an alternative or they might just have to put in all these uh makeup games in those 3 weeks too i guess we'll see yeah, there's a lot that can
1: be done, or you could take it on the flip side and they could just actually rest and get everybody healthy, too. You know, it's just, but you got a team like the Flames that's going to have to make up probably five, six, seven games at some point, um kind of like Vancouver had to do at the end of the season last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how that works. um Other NHL news uh today came out the uh, Chicago Blackhawks and Kyle Beach have reached an agreement or settlement, uh, if you will, financially. Um, Terms are not disclosed, obviously. I don't think they should be. I think that's a private matter between, you know, the the athlete and the club. But um, I guess you know, good sign for moving on, taking the next step in the process. You know, the Blackhawks are also working with uh, the second player involved in that. So, um, it's not. It's never good news because of what happened. But you know, some some uh, moving forward, I guess. You know, positive. I guess, right?
0: Yeah, it's. I guess it's nice that it's over Um, again. It kind of strikes me as the Blackhawks doing like the bare minimum to try and save face. Cause I think the last thing they want is this actually to make it to a court and more details to come out. So I think um, the whole situation is just terrible. I'm, I'm glad it's at least reached somewhat of a resolution. Obviously that's never a full resolution when it's a situation like that, but hopefully whatever they reach can help him recover a bit and not that he'll ever fully recover, but it's just, it again, just like it's been throughout this whole thing, it, it seems like the Blackhawks kinda of did the bare minimum to get through it, but hopefully hopefully there's lessons learned and hopefully it won't happen to other players, although we know sport it probably mm-hmm. will. But at the very end of the day, if it even prevented like one other instance of it happening, I guess in theory, like we learned something, but just yeah, it's it's one of those things that like you can't really even call anything a win, but it's glad I'm glad that at least there's some resolution there
1: exactly so that yeah something some beach and you know the hopefully that can start his healing or continue his healing process um we're going to take a quick break here on mark and michael's musings and when we come back we're going to talk about Connor mcdavid and his driveway uh not a good day for the nfl on a couple different levels and uh, we'll have a little bit of holiday talk and we have a couple reader questions we'll be back on mark and michael's musings in a moment Learn more at marines.com. And welcome back to Mark and Michael's Musings, a matchsticks and gasoline podcast under the SB Nation Podcast Network umbrella. Michael, Connor McDavid has a heated driveway. Uh, the big joke on Twitter the other day was, really, he's got a heated driveway? I thought Cassian went over and shoveled it for him every time it snowed. Um And then there was another, there was a great meme today that was Connor McDavid at the uh, NHL awards ceremony where he had on like this rope belt. And it was like, Connor, you can pick one of the two, a heated driveway or a proper belt. And then there was a picture (laughs) of him with the the
0: rope. Uh, I just, heated driveway, Michael. Yes or no? Um, If I made $12.5 million, yeah, I'd probably invest (laughs) in that. Um, Considering right now we're in, I think Edmonton's high on Fridays, something like minus 26 Celsius, which is stupid and that's the high um i I think i would invest in a heated driveway if i had that kind of cash so i mean all the power to him but i know as like canadians as like the average canadian that has to go out and uh bitch about shoveling in the snow and those stupid temperatures all year round i know it probably rubs a lot of us the wrong way but oh well good for him he makes the money to do it (laughs) I say
1: 100%. If I never had to own a snowblower ever again, I would not care. <laughs> like If I had that kind of money, absolutely. Connor McDavid, good on you for having a heated driveway. Don't let people get you now. but do us all a favor. Buy a belt, like a regular belt, not a rope. You make $12 million, <laughs> Okay, million. You're good to go. Um, Urban Meyer, out as the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's Jaguars, folks. It's not Jaguars. It's not Jaguars. Oh it's Jaguar. The term Jaguar drives me nuts. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Urban Meyer is out as their head coach. Um, kind of a tumultuous year for uh, Mr. Meyer. Uh, they win two games. He's caught on video grinding against a woman in a bar. Uh, he kicked his kicker. I think he told all his coaches they suck. <laughs> it's just, think, Jacksonville just. Uh, Jacksonville is, if, first off, it's Florida. So Florida is like the dumpster fire of America, right? And then Jacksonville is the smaller dumpster fire inside said dumpster fire burning that keeps the fire going. Um Yeah, uh, Jacksonville, no bueno, right? I mean, Urban Meyer, terrific college football coach. A lot of these big guys, though, when you see them come from the college game, I had personal experience with with Nick Saban and the Dolphins. Those guys come in, and they flame out very quickly and go back to college football. Are you surprised Urban Meyer, with everything that went down in Jacksonville, is out as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not a shock. I mean, pretty much everyone from the moment he got hired said like, yeah, this isn't going to work. Like he's a strictly college coach, just even for it sounds like the way he kind of treats his players as kids rather than professionals at this level. Like it's obviously kicking people doesn't help as we heard with like Bill Peters and stuff like it's like maybe like that's not the path to becoming successful coaches to kick your uh, players, especially at a pro level. So like it's. It's kind of like, you kind of thought he'd make it a year, like most guys get a year, but like 2-12, and 12, you know, you're not going to salvage that even if you win out. So, like, it's just... I, I want it so badly for Jacksonville to, like, be relevant. Like, I know they had that one good year where they made the AFC title game kind of out of nowhere, but, like, I'm sure they have diehard fans like every other team, and, like, they just deserve to be, like, at least decent. Like, it's just every year, it's like, they're not even, like, mediocre. They're, like, bad, and it's just another failed swing by them. And it's like, it was just too bad because I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be pretty good. And then just like you put kind of that coach around him and the team kind of just falls apart. So no, I just want, I feel bad for Jags fans who wherever they are out there and uh, hopefully they get better soon. Yeah. Jacksonville. I mean, when they initially came into the league, when they had
1: Mark Brunel and Tony Baselli and Fred Taylor, they had that good run where they were pretty good. When uh, Tom Coughlin was their coach, kind of like when the Panthers had Chris Wanky and like it, things just seemed to work for those Oh, she wasn't winky, was it? Yeah, it was. They, you know, it just seemed to work for them when they came in, and then they had the big gap where there's nothing, and then they had David Garrard where they played pretty well, where they were sort of, I'm air quoting, throwing some challenges at the Patriots, you know. But um, it just doesn't seem like it works for Jacksonville. They had that helmet that was the the grayscale, but it mm. went black to gold. Like they just can't seem to get it right. And then someone posted the the meme again yesterday of taking Trevor Lawrence's hair and putting it on a Mac Jones and Mac Jones hair, putting it on (laughs) Trevor Lawrence. And it's just like, it's just the whole Jacksonville. It's just a hot mess. Um, But Hey, good on Jacksonville. One of their two wins this year, they beat my dolphins. There you (laughs) go. (laughs) So the (laughs) dolphins will be forever be an answer to a trivia question of who was one of the teams that urban Meyer beat for his two wins in the NFL. So yay. (laughs) Uh,
0: Moving into dolphins and Eagles. um, Who do the Eagles have this week? uh well they just come off the bye week and they got the football team this week so <laughs> they, <laughs> <Who's>, they still playing <laughs> who's playing well by the way <laughs> yeah despite like most of their good players being injured uh i think uh it's, it's gonna be a good game both teams are right at, there's like five or six teams in the nfc at six and seven all tied for that last wild card spot including the eagles and the football team i hate calling them the football team um i'm not gonna call them their <laughs> other name because that's like even worse but it's um yeah so there's like 100%. six teams all right there and it's gonna be um it's already getting kind of stressful because like a lot of these teams didn't expect to be there but with the extra wild card spot this year it's um full like hats off to the nfl they've made a lot more teams still care down the stretch i think there's like only five or six teams in the league that are really out of it with only four weeks to go, which hasn't been the case in a lot of years. So I don't know. I think it will be a good game for the Eagles. Obviously there's a lot of Minshew mania still going on, even though I think Hertz will be back this week and God, Philadelphia loves their controversy. So I'm going to, I think I'm just going to sit back and watch and hopefully not get too into it, but I'm sure by like the weekend, I'll like either love or hate one or both of them and be yelling takes about guys. I don't know anything about. So that'd be great. Perfect. That's just the way football works. I well, I as well. I'm coming off a bye week The dolphins did not
1: get to ruin my Sunday last week. They were on a bye, which is good. Uh, Miami six and seven, making a push, just push just like Philly. Um, though they don't have any running backs this week. The entire running back core of the Miami <laughs> dolphins is an NFL protocol. COVID protocol. Uh, Duke Johnson was brought in and added to the practice. What, uh, I'm a big Duke, jo- Duke Johnson guy. He played at the university of Miami. I'm a huge Canes fan go Canes. Um, but, uh, the uh, Mario Cristobal coming into Miami is just fantastic. I am so excited to have a former Kane running the Canes again. Um, anyway, although it didn't work so well with Randy Shannon, but whatever. Point is Dolphins have no running backs. Duke Johnson's brought in. Um, I get the feeling if Frank Gore wasn't preparing for a boxing match, Frank Gore might have been signed off the street <laughs> and added to the Miami Dolphins backfield because they got nothing back there. Um, but it's Jets Week, and Jets Week is always good because we hate the Jets because the Jets suck. So yeah,
0: the Jets, Jets, Jets suck and- so
1: Yeah, screw the Jets, screw Fireman Ed, the whole thing, the stadium at all. The Jets suck, screw them. Dolphins this week, uh, I'm predicting a big win for the Dolphins to get to 500, just enough to crush my playoff spirit at the end of the season, Um, with a big one coming up over Christmas break on um, Sunday night football. I believe it's a Monday night they get these Saints. So, yeah, Dolphins and Eagles, we're on a similar path to uh, disappointment. Yeah, exactly, mediocrity, 100%. hundred percent. Just bad enough to be bad, but not good enough to be good. Um, yeah, I think that's it for NFL. We got anything else in the NFL? I think the Urban Meyer story was the big one. Um, oh, but speaking of Meyer, to flip back to it, did you see the video today of him with ESPN aired where he was doing a, like a, a Zoom interview and there's a shirtless guy in back of him on a boat like doing bong hits? <laughs> but he's like, if you flip the mirror, he'd actually be standing in front of Urban Meyer. So is staring at this shirtless guy while doing his oh interview.
0: It's, I it's, didn't it's, see it. it's gold. I, I need to see this now. That's uh... just, just and, everything and, Florida, just hitting all at once with that.
1: Right. And the look on his face, he's kind of got that like he's doing the know like, don't do that. I can see you. Like and it's just right here over his shoulder, just big shirtless dude just, just standing there staring at Meyer. It's awesome. It's just it's I think that sums up the urban Meyer era with Jacksonville. Um, holidays are coming up. Um, it's In my house, my daughter and my wife are obsessed with any movie that has a Christmas tree or a light in it or snow or a Christmas stocking in it. Um, So it got me thinking about Christmas movies. Uh, We have every sports page. Everybody does them. We have a Mount Rushmore. You know, it's your Mount Rushmore, Flames, Goalies, whatever. Michael, do you have a Mount Rushmore of Christmas movies? Are there four movies that you every Christmas season go, all right, I can sit through these movies. But if I see any other movies, I'm going to lose it.
0: I would say yes. Um, I'm. I'm not like a huge Christmas movie guy. Like I can't. There's some. It's like I'm not a. I'm gonna sit down and watch the same movies every year. I'm maybe like an every two to three years kind of person with certain movies. Like I have some family that'll watch like the same ones like every year, and I j- I just can't have the strength to watch them all straight through. But um, I mean, there's diehard, which I know is always a great argument yeah. if it's a Christmas movie or not yeah it is i make the argument it's a christmas movie that you can also watch other times of the year but like it is i think it's always up there for me to watch whenever i see it but like especially christmas like you have to watch it um yep a couple of classics like the old uh the old school like grinch is a classic good classic movie there um home alone's decent um i'm not a huge movie guy but like those are kind of like the three that like if i see them on during the holidays i'll definitely flip to them for a little while um what about you um, leading the way and has been since
1: the movie came out. I will watch it 750 times before Christmas. I own it on DVD and I probably have it on VHS somewhere. It's National Lampoon Christmas Vacation, by uh, far, yes, of course, all time, all time favorite Christmas movie. Second in line, I will watch the marathon all day long and keep it on the TV. Is A Christmas Story? I just, I absolutely love that movie. Um, uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, always one of my favorites, and For sure. I think mainly because I love the Song. <laughs> Something about that song gets me. I just love it. That's, as you can tell, I'm not a vocalist. I will not be on The Masked Singer or any other singing TV show. So not Nobody will be turning the chair around in the voice for me singing <laughs> uh, Charlie Brown Christmas. And then um, I think, I guess, on my final one, it goes up and down. But my wife and I, our first date ever was Elf. So Elf holds okay. kind of a special spot for right. me. Because, and I love, I love Will Ferrell. I think James Kahn is such a good character in that movie. He's always the tough rough and then him singing at the end. It just, it works out. I I really, really enjoy Elf. Um, honorable mention to the Grinch. Uh, that's a good movie. Uh, not the Jim Carrey one, the original, mm-hmm. the cartoon. So um, yeah, I think those goes, uh, that's my Mount Rushmore would be Christmas vacation, a Christmas story, Charlie Brown, Christmas and Elf. Those would be my four. Um, so um speaking of christmas christmas gifts uh you got a you got a gift you've gotten over the years that still to this day stands out to you or you still have
0: i mean one i've really liked i just got last year was my uh blasty rasmus anderson jersey which uh i've been i was very annoyed that they didn't bring back this year and i hope they're bringing back next year um that was definitely one that's like i've really enjoyed in like recent times um i'm trying to think as a kid growing up like uh we did a lot more traveling when I was younger growing up for yep. like the holidays rather than doing like the gifts thing as much. Um, I would say probably one of the ones that like more stands out to me is like when I got um, my first like mini stick set for mm-hmm. one of my Christmases, I was probably like seven or eight and just like going at that with my friends for, I don't know, the last 15 years, honestly, still go out every now and then. We still like, <laughs> we, it was like maybe a couple of months ago, we had like a beer league game at 11 and we were watching the flames. And we we're like, what the hell are we going to do? So we just, broke up the mini sticks and ran each other over for an hour and it's pretty hilarious actually that's awesome just that that moment of childlike wonder again before uh before adult life came crashing back but um fair enough yeah i, like I, it. I say that's probably one of those ones that kind of stuck around long term how about yourself uh, i remember
1: being a kid getting um lionel from the thundercats and just being like it was the greatest christmas ever because his eyes lit up and all this other crazy stuff but I think I still have it to this day, hanging in my closet. I I rarely wear it, but I can I can't part with it. Is uh one year Mark Clayton uh, was a receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He's my favorite wide receiver of all time. He and Mark Duper, known as the the Mark's brothers, um, the last year he played in the NFL, he played for the Green Bay Packers. And that year for Christmas, I was I think I was in high school. I was probably like seventeen. All I wanted was a Mark Clayton Green Bay Packers jersey, and I got my Mark Clayton NFL Pro Line from the Pro Shop. Uh, Packers jersey so I still have that I don't like the Packers but I still hold on to it um, everybody if I wear it they're like who the hell's Clayton that played for the Packers you know I'm like eh, it's smart it's Clayton but that same year actually I wanted a, the pedestal jerseys were out and I wanted a pedestal and my parents couldn't find one anywhere they put my cousin in charge of it and he actually called Calgary and had like the jersey shipped down here so wow. I did get a pedestal jersey it was the uh it was the white one too which I was pretty psyched for but yeah those. but the Mark Clayton jersey to this day will always be my favorite christmas gift of all time which makes no sense because he caught like one touchdown in like 20 (laughs) passes with the packers that year he wasn't even an option like Favre never even looked at him it was like sharp 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 (laughs) sharp every game so and i do get angry when people are like hey that's is that shannon sharp a sterling Sharp." and i'm like no it's not it's mark clayton they're like "Who?" i'm like never mind story of my life um so uh, I guess finally, we got a couple of reader questions. We can hammer these out pretty quick because um, I think I know the answer to the first one. Facebook, someone asked us, um, are the Flames going to make a trade with Seattle for Mark Giordano to bring him back? Uh, I think the answer is obviously ab- no. Um, I don't think Gio coming back at $6.75 million to be a bottom pairing defenseman with the Flames. You?
0: I, I just don't see it this year. It's... I know, like, people would love, oh, the story, oh, he's back, just like they would have loved, like, when they tried to sign, again, before they signed Yager in, I think, 2017. Um, It's one of those things that, to to change the culture, you just have to keep moving forward, and I think, even if you brought back Geo next year, like, a League Min, like, I just, okay, maybe League Min, he's still playing okay, sure, but, like, I just don't see how you bring him back and it's like, oh, would he get the C again? Like all that stuff. Like, I think you have to just kind of move on. The team seems to be doing well in this kind of new era up until everybody got COVID and <laughs> the world fell apart. But um, I, I think you have to move forward. And if you brought him back, it'd be too much kind of going back to what didn't work for the last six or eight years.
1: 100%. So that's a big, big no on Geo coming back to the Flames. And finally, uh, Jordan asked, who was the Flames best offseason? signing and why is it eric goodbranson <laughs> <laughs> i would say it's the door off but that's just me i don't know <laughs> like, um uh jordan without you i don't think that eric goodbranson is the flame's best offseason signing uh he's been more than serviceable but uh <laughs> that's all i got for that one
0: <laughs> <Yeah. about> you? <laughs> well like in terms I, I guess- of actual like signings like i guess they didn't do a ton of outright signings like maybe like because i'm kind of looking at like who they are. like i know blake Coleman was like the big signing and he's been all right but like not quite what we expected so like yeah. in terms of like signing versus like expectation like we might have to give it to him by default like i'm just looking right. at who else they signed like they brought back like stone like richardson lewis like those guys have all been okay yeah. but in terms of like considering we expected good branson to be like a like the equivalent of Jacksonville, like we said like the dumpster fire in the dumpster fire <laughs> and so far he's just like a smoldering like original dumpster like i'll give him like yeah. i i mean like you, you got to give him some props for not being like as horrible as we thought it was going to be
1: yeah anybody not playing goalie i would say that probably yeah Branson might be right now statistically the best player the flame has signed this offseason <laughs> but- which
0: it's a and very it's low right. bar, like Mr. Coleman. It's a very low bar. We just need like a couple more goals yeah. and you're right back yeah. there. But like, is,
1: is, is that kind of like me naming Troy Brower with the best number 36 all time in flames history? are <laughs> being <laughs> to yell at you. Who's <laughs> not in the league anymore, by the way. I mean, that was, was really funny. funny. That was it. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on that someday. Um,
0: all right, Michael, you got anything you want to add before the, uh, before the timer times us out here? uh i just want to see the flames again i'm missing hockey already and like i said it's stupidly cold here so you can't go to like the outdoor rink and just like shoot around like it is just very low on hockey right now I'm, i'm excited for the world juniors at least
1: yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I missed I missed having flames hockey to watch. I put my outdoor rink up yesterday. Um, by the way, it was um, sunny and 60 degrees here today. That's <laughs> 60 pounds, so. But I was supposed to get some snow on Saturday, and then the temperature is going to drop into the low teens. So I might have ice by Christmas. But uh, there you go. Yeah, the, the the boards are out now. I just got to put the liner in and put the posts up for the lights. Put the netting up, and uh, we should be skating soon. All right. Well, this has been another. Hard-hitting, informative episode of Mark and Michael's Musings. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Just search up Matchsticks and Gasoline. You will find this underneath there, along with past episodes of Behind Enemy Lines and past episodes of The Tinderbox. We thank you all for joining us on this episode, and we will catch you next time on Mark and Michael's Musings.